Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Hey, David. Hey. Uh, do you ever want to go to Japan, like on vacation? Like, is that is that on your? Um, I know you don't like the term bucket list, right? I, I guess you I prefer don't. the term things I want to do before I actually die. List. So I was informed of this by my wife today. That you don't like the term bucket list. Yeah. Okay. So it must be true. Okay, so it's not an opinion that you actually think that you know you have, but it's one you may have expressed in the past that she remembers. Yes, she remembers things uh-huh. that I do not. Uh huh. This is one of those things that has zero impact on my life. Now, I, now you're winking at me right now. Are you I'm saying not she's winking. lying? I'm not winking. You're, you're using I, air quotes. No, Why? What I am. I don't know what this means. <laughs> what? Okay. I don't know if I said it or not. Okay. But what I do know is that currently, right now, I am indif- indifferent to the use of the term bucket list. I don't care about it. Okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Worse, I'm indifferent. I don't okay. care. Yeah. Zero care about the term bucket list. Do not care. All right. So At you, all. So you hate this term, but <laughs> is it? All right. So going to Japan, and, and the, uh, would that make your uh, quote-unquote bucket list? I love sushi. Okay. I like Ninja Turtles. Sushi kind of messes with your stomach, though, right? Oh, do you have story? To- <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So today's the Black Friday episode, so we may not spend a whole lot of time on the serious sports talk of the week. But, yeah, uh, that, that's our MO, right? <laughs> to get really deep down to this, especially the first half of the show. It's we might talk some Frozen too. Might talk some Mandalorian. It's important stuff going on in the yeah. world. Really important stuff going on in the world. So Frozen Two, breaking box office records, right? Yeah. Uh, Wait, I want to hear about your sushi stuff first. Oh, you want to hear that story? Yeah. You were there. I know. You experienced I want to hear it again. Okay, so... Rather than smell it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spoilers. So, we uh, we don't get to go out on dates very often. We have children, right? And between, like, having a job and then you get home and then it's like, you have a weekend and the weekend is finally time to get stuff done, right? So, it's hard to, like, go on a date because it's babysitter stuff like that. But we were really lucky to be able to go on a double date with you and your wife. Yeah. Right? And so Anthony and Laura, we go out, uh, my wife Heather and I were out there, we, uh, we're trying to figure out where to go and, and what to do, and I thought, you know a place that I never would ever take my kids to is like a sushi place. Yeah. So now that the kids aren't here, I would love to go get some sushi, right? We sit down, we order, everything's good, I have myself a Coca-Cola, and we're sipping the Coca-Cola, it's delicious, it's great, they bring the sushi, I start eating the sushi, I'm loving it, get a couple extras, I steal one from my wife, she tries to steal one from me, I tell her, no, this is my food. I have spoken. I do not share. And this is the way. And so I take, so so we're eating all the sushi and it's delicious. Well, Tommy gets the rumblies and I go to the bathroom at the sushi place. Yeah. Come back, keep eating sushi, keep drinking more soda. Another one, please, Mr. Waiter guy. Brings me another Coke, eating more. Oh, and then the tumbly gets a little rumbly again. Uh-huh. Go and take care of my business in the bathroom again. Uh-huh. What are we at now, Anthony? Did you wash or were your hands bone dry? No, I definitely washed. Okay, good. Definitely washed. Three people got that. Two of them are in the room right now. <laughs> so we, uh, so we leave, and, and your your wife, bless her heart, decides that after our double date, when I got the rumbly tummy, we need to go to Target. Yeah. That's the time she chooses to go to. Target. I can't remember why we had to go to Target either. I was too preoccupied with like <laughs> keeping things clenched, right? Yeah. And so then we get to Target, and I have to go again. And so I go, and at this point, I've named my situation. Yeah. I've named it the sushi tsunami. And it is quite appropriate. You do not look happy. Like you, yeah. Your I was face, not. You were, you were not doing too well. I was not. It was bad news. 
And so I, I go to the bathroom at Target. Sorry, Target employees. And then I come out. About two seconds later, I find everyone where they're at. I think you were waiting for me somewhere outside because the women are off shopping somewhere. I don't know. I'm delirious at this point. I'm dehydrated. I'm lost and confused and then Target. Keeping track of the nearest public restroom. That's right. I know it is at all times. And uh, like like Jason Bourne when uh, when he when he wakes up in the first floor movie, he's like, I don't know why, but I can tell you how much that guy weighs, and I can tell you he ha- can handle himself well in a, in a fight. I can tell you that I can run flat out for like a mile, right, sprinting. Uh, you have the ability to know at all times how close you are to a public restroom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how many seconds it's going to take me to get there, and how long my sphincter can hold. Oh, That's so I go and we find the women like they're looking at clothes and trying things on. I'm like, why are we doing this right now? Why now? So the sushi tsunami continues to affect me, and I hit the bathroom two or three more times. And so we finally get to a place where like I'm kind of settled, and we start driving back to your place. And we make it home, thankfully. Yeah. Right? That was a stressful car ride. Yeah. You just never know when things are going to get rough. Especially for me, it was my car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for your concern about me and my health and safety. <laughs> Yeah, I was rocking leather seat or cloth seats back then. Yeah, yeah, that would would have been. Yep, uh, that would have been a chore. And I also was not wearing leather pants. So, (laughs) the one time, the one time I'm not wearing leather pants. Uh, So in Argentina, when I was a missionary, Uh uh, we went to an old lady's house, and she was the sweetest man, really sweet lady. She made us empanadas, and they destroy her bathroom too. They were delicious. They were so good. I love these empanadas. We had we had lots of them and stuff. Yeah. And on the way out, I get the rumbly tongue. Oh, yeah? And I'm like, oh, boy. But I thought to myself, I am not going to do what I know is about to happen in this poor, sweet old Argentine lady's bathroom. Oh, no. Like, the la, la abuelita does not need to deal with this mess, right? And so I decide to, to walk home. We, we live about four or five blocks, without more than that, probably like seven, seven to ten blocks away, I'd say, right? Okay. Typical walk for missionaries, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we start walking, and... Oh, man, it starts hitting me pretty hard. So, so I stop, and I'm breathing yeah. hard, right? Breathing hard, my companion's like, this is his first full day with me. He came into this place and met me the day before. <laughs> so he'd known me for like 12 hours at this point, right? Or less than 12 hours. Yep. And uh, 10 of that was spent sleeping. So he like doesn't know me at all. So I'm like breathing hard. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. He's like, dude, what's wrong with you? And then when I got myself composed, I kept walking again, right? I'm starting to sweat, and I'm like, oh, no. And then it hits me again, and I stop, and I go, oh, oh. And then the floodgates were opened. Oh, no. And I messed my pants bad. Oh, no. So it was like the sushi tsunami incident if I didn't make it to the bathroom one of the times. It was bad news, right? He didn't believe me. It was like, it was one of those, like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And it all came out, and I was just like, oh, like, sighed. Like, my shoulders <laughs> sagged. My head dropped. And I just started power walking. Like, what else can you do, right? Yeah. Still about you know, five, six blocks away. My companion, and he's like, what's wrong with you, dude? What was that about? And I was like, I pooped my pants. He's <laughs> like, no, you did not. You're messing with me. He's thinking I'm playing a joke on him on his first day, right? He didn't believe me until he saw some on my shoe. Oh, gross. Oh, that's so disgusting. A dog came up to me, sniffed me, and ran away. <laughs> this is during the siesta, right? Uh-huh. Argentina believes firmly in the siesta where you take a break in the middle of the day businesses close down and everyone like takes a nap in the middle of the day after lunch yeah. very normal thing to do in argentina and lots of uh, lots of latin american countries spain does it pretty hard too so you woke everyone up no no everyone was asleep <laughs> right there's, there's like no one outside the, okay. the roads are basically empty except on the way home of course there are two guys uh, fixing a car out in their driveway watching me walk by in like a, a very odd awkward <laughs> Like, You're leaning forward walk. quite a bit there. Yeah, I was like, let's go, let's get there. <laughs> and uh, 
So anyway, we get to the apartment. I have to walk upstairs, yeah. two flights of stairs, to get into our apartment, go into the bathroom, fully dressed, <laughs> to try to take care of myself. Yeah. My companion took a picture, and he had a camera back then. It's like a digital camera. It took a picture, and you can it records the ambient sound and noise that's going on when you take the picture. Oh, yeah. Okay. You've seen those, right? Uh-huh. And uh, he took a picture, and he just took a picture of the door of the bathroom. You can hear the shower running, and he just goes, you know what this is for? <laughs> <laughs> you hear me in the background, and I had I had the companionship cell phone in my pocket, mm-hmm. and, and you could hear me say from the shower, "I think I pooed on the phone, dude." <laughs> I did not, uh, but anyway, that's uh, now you know a little bit more about me. That's awesome. Uh, at some other time, I'll share my bathroom stories from Peru. Oh, bathroom stories, plural? <sighs> yeah. Oh, um, excited for that. So, Bookmark that one. Put that in your calendars, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Can we get a can we get a commitment next week? We'll do a little tease. Next week we'll get the Peruvian poop stories. The we'll Peruvian see. poop chronicles. We'll see. We will see, David. Um this is Well that's nice that you want to go to Japan. <laughs> oh yeah, that's where that started. <laughs> Alright, because if you do, I know a way that you can make your stay super cheap. Yeah? Yes. So there is a hotel, the Asahi Ryokan Hotel. Hey, let me try that again. Asahi Ryokan. Yeah, Did I was... say that right? Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, in... Mo, hey, Mo, send me a text and see if that was in... pronounced at all correctly. In Fukuoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fukuoka. So Mo is my buddy who speaks fluent Japanese. I want to see if... Fukuoka. Um... Whoa. Uh... Careful with that one. <laughs> you did so, what to who? You can... So you can stay there at this awesome hotel... For one dollar a night. Whoa. Yep. So uh, I imagine there's a catch. <laughs> there is a pretty big catch. Okay. Your entire stay uh-huh. is streamed live on YouTube. Oh. So there are cameras in your hotel room, and they are just live streaming the entire. So people can. It's a Truman Show, except you know you're on camera. Okay. And people can just log on to this YouTube account and watch people in their hotel rooms. You can watch them sleeping. Um, so so let me let me read you some quotes from the uh, hotel owner. I'm he deeply said, This is a very old hotel. He actually called it, it's a Ryokan, which I, I looked up. It's a, like an inn. Okay. It's like a specific type of hotel in Japan. Okay. Uh, that looks pretty cool. And, and I, I was looking into a new business model. Yeah. Our hotel is on the cheaper side, so we need some added value. Something special that everyone will talk about. So his eight-room hotel is now equipped with cameras that are always live streaming on YouTube on the YouTube channel One Dollar Hotel. I haven't checked it out because I'm too scared to like get on there and then see something I don't want to see. Right. Um, How so, does YouTube feel about this anyway? <laughs> so he said the feed, the video uh, feed is only um, uh, it's pointed away from the cameras. And it's video only, so you can't hear it's anything. It's pointed away from the cameras? Sorry, it's pointed away from the bathrooms. Gotcha. And it's video only, so you can't hear anything. Right? So I couldn't, like, try to entertain by, like, singing a song to the people watching on YouTube, right? Uh, so there's a little bit of privacy, right? You're not going to overhear conversations you shouldn't hear. Um, and you're not going to see anyone bathing themselves or anything like that. But um, anyway, so <laughs> he gets about 4,000 views an hour on the YouTube channel. Really? And he mon- which he monetizes with ads. So the question is, would you stay in a hotel knowing that you could go to the bathroom freely? Sure. No one could overhear conversations, but everything else, the entire world can see. I mean, yeah. One dollar a night. I'd be fine with that. I mean, 
because really 4,000 people an hour going to see that, right? Like, what are the odds that someone is actually going to know me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I do it. That's, yeah, I do it. The yeah. only, my, only concern, do I to my only concern is that about three times a day, I do something where I have to look around and see, did anyone see that? Well, like, for example. Oh, well, like a trip, like a trip, right? Or like accidentally like sneezing and eating a booger or something. Whoa. Like an accident, right? Like, like you accidentally like sneeze? Like an accident. It rockets right from your nostril to your mouth? Like, yeah. what do you mean accidentally swallow a booger? I don't know how physics work, David. I'm just saying. Stuff like this, okay? Or like, oh, I realize, oh, my, my fly's down. How long has that happened? Right? And that happens actually. Yeah. Multiple times a week. Multiple um, times a week? Yeah. Um, so, while only 4,000 people may be watching at any time, I am quite confident that at some point during my stay, I would create several viral videos that would then not turn into 4,000 people, but 4 million people uh, watching my embarrassing moment. I think you are grossly overestimating how interesting you are. Oh, I'm super interesting, David. <laughs> you went from you went from four thousand people maybe seeing you at this hotel for a minute <laughs> to being a viral sensation that takes over the internet for a day or two. The ah. video would be of me watching myself on the video. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. Yeah. So, well, there's your cheap travel tip for the week. Stay tuned next week when you when we tell you how to. Uh, Fly to Norway on very little money. Did you practice that line? Yeah. You practiced that? Several times. Nailed it. I'd love to see the rehearsals of that. My football team is good. (laughs) I learned recently that it's our football team. Oh, yeah. 49ers, big time. I don't feel like we've talked about... I, I spend lots of time talking about the 49ers on the show, especially recently. Because I promised myself I wouldn't like talk about them too much until I knew they were good. Uh-huh. And now that they're ten and one, yeah, I feel like we can talk about them pretty, pretty good. So why haven't you like joined in on the fun here? Like our football team is good. Okay, so growing up, um, the two teams that I followed and and cared about were the 49ers and the Steelers. And um, for a lot of the youth, it was more the Steelers. Like I was way into the Joe Montana and then the year, like the Steve Young years, and then like when it got into like Jeff Garcia, I was like, "What's happening?" Here? We forget about the Jeff Garcia years. Um, Remember when we thought he was going to be good? <laughs> but by that point, wow. Slash came into the league, Cordell Stewart, and he was super exciting. He was like Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson, but they didn't know how to use him yet. Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson is called Michael Vick. Well, he was before Michael Vick. Was he? Yes. I get that timeline confused. You don't right. have to look it up. I trust no, you. No, 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 no. But, but let's do it. Okay, he was, look it up. Look it up. He was the first one, at least in like, that I know of, right? Oh, I'm sure there were others. Randall Cunningham. So he was a, the 95 draft. Um, yeah. And they called him Slash because he could run it, he could catch it, and he could throw it. And um, and so they, they tried him at quarterback, and he was... I mean, he had success. They never, like won the Super Bowl or anything. But he was super excited. I had a poster of him. But I also had my 49ers hat and t-shirt. And yeah, so like, and my dad's a 49ers fan. And, and, uh. And a boy, Ed. Good taste. <laughs> I think he hey. has, I think he has an Alex Smith jersey. Whoa, well, so you have, your your I'm your, your mom's favorite podcaster. Well. And your dad likes the same football team that I do. Yeah. Your parents have great taste. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I'm excited. That, and, and, you know, when I was at Stanford, we were real close to the 49ers, and they yeah. were actually good. I, I was a Harbaugh fan. 
right? Because he was at Stanford. How many Levi's did you buy? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> khakis. khakis. Yeah. See, I'm so confused. I'm so into Levi's now because that's what matters. Boy, Levi Stadium? Yeah. So, is that what it is? Yeah, and Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo like, is in Levi ads and stuff oh, like that, right? right? Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. For some mm-hmm. reason, playing touch football on a beach. You see that commercial? Yeah. Kind of a weird commercial. Kind of a weird commercial? <laughs> hey, what do you guys want to do today? Well, I just got some new jeans that I really like. Let's put on white t-shirts and jeans uh-huh. and get a bunch of sand in them. What's this affect you're doing? My voice? Yeah, what's that? I'm sorry. This is my typical white girl voice. Okay. I'm pretty good at it. Why, is, why does Jimmy Garoppolo sound like a typical white girl? Um... It just sounds like something a group of white girls would think is a good idea. Okay. Let's go to the beach in jeans and video it. And then we'll put it on Insta. The girls do love Insta. I'm more of a Twitter person. Becky, do my hair. (laughs) Becky, do my hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I am, of all the NFL teams, I think the 49ers are swell. So lukewarm. My it's just—it's so hard. There's so little room in my in my fandom. Like I, oh. I, I devote so much time to the Dodgers and Lakers. The cup runneth over. That it's like, yeah, I guess I could really like another team, a football team. But uh, is there really just that? Is there enough energy? And the, Do I want to commit myself to another team? And I think the major problem is the Lakers season is during football season. Like that's right. All, and the, the and the football. Dodgers season has been going overlapping into basketball. And football season. And football. Right, but I'm saying there, there's like no gap in between yeah. where there's no baseball and no basketball. Right. So my my attention is uh, diverted. And I don't I don't love an NBA team enough to be super invested yeah. in October. Right? Like once playoff time rolls around, I'll get super excited about whatever team LeBron is on. I'll be excited about the Jazz if they're good, apparently, because like we've talked about on the program, I'm a closet Jazz fan. Yeah. I come out when their record is good or in there in the playoffs. Yeah. I pop out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm wearing my Joe Ingles jersey. <laughs> Um, Don't have but yeah, it, but the 49ers, man, they, they took it to the Packers. Okay. And you can't say this about very many teams. They made Aaron Rodgers look pedestrian. Yeah. They made Aaron Rodgers look like most other quarterbacks in the league. He looked bad. In fact, it was one of the worst performances he has ever had, period. I'm not talking this year. I'm not mm-hmm. talking the last few years. One of the worst performances that Aaron Rodgers has ever had. And they did it with a surprisingly... Uh, according to experts and stuff, surprising combination of uh, getting to the quarterback with four, which is something that they're known for, getting pressure with the front four, yeah. and really great defensive back play. Their secondary was considered a weakness for this team, right? Uh, coming into the beginning of the year, right? They didn't play great last year, but they have a really good group of young guys led by Richard Sherman, and they're playing really, really well in the secondary. So a lot of the sacks that they were getting on Rodgers were covered sacks. Because, you know, if you rush four guys and you have seven guys in coverage and those guys are playing well and they get their assignments and stuff, they're going to get to the quarterback eventually, right? And Rodgers is a good scrambler. He's not a great scrambler, yeah. right? He's not a, He's not a Ryan Tannehill when it comes to scrambling. That was a joke. But they made him look bad, which is hard to do. The Packers are 8-3 and three on the year, and they're... Point differential is only plus sixteen. Yeah, it doesn't feel and, sustainable. And, and but so most of their wins have been by one score, uh, except for they beat the. I think they beat the Raiders by like twenty. Well, the Raiders. <laughs> but um, 
the four. So you would think eight wins, one score piece, right? That's like putting you in the fifty to sixty range, right? And then you, but you, when you lose to the 49ers by almost thirty points, right? That'll, crush that That'll bring that down real quick, right? And so their run, their run differential, their I guess that's what you call it in football, right? No, no, you, no, your score, score, score differential, yeah. Uh, run differential is baseball. baseball. Yes, point differential, basketball. Why do we? Okay, why do we do this? Why do we do this in, in baseball, football, and basketball? All have different names for scoring, having points, runs. Like, can't we just agree on one term that just means adding value to your total? No. Okay. I have spoken. All right. And hockey, goals, come on. I, I mean, baseball is the oldest sport. So, like, of all those, baseball is the oldest one. So we should be we should be saying like Jimmy Garoppolo throws to George Kittle's for six runs. Back up, that's ba- what we should be doing. Basketball is by far, I think the now well, basketball and football may be tied for like the least creative, right? In baseball, runs right like a home run, run you score a run like run is cool. Hockey goal, right? Soccer as well, probably goal. Basketball points. 15-point lead. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's what? not unique in any way. It's not unique, right? Yeah. What, if we, we could just change it to buckets. But that doesn't necessarily mean right. one, right? That can mean... Call them BPs for bucket points. Yeah. That... Mm, uh, no, just, just stick, let's just stick with points. Of all the things you want to change in sports, you're going to talk about what we call the different scoring but systems. But now football, do they actually yes, have... Yes, you are going to do that. Okay. No, football. <laughs> do they actually have... A term other than like the score is this to this. Like you don't say it's 15 points to 7 points or 15. You just say the score is and then the numbers. Yeah. Why Why is no one else talking about this, David? Because no one cares. <laughs> and I really think we should move past it. I feel like I've just stumbled onto something that should have more attention. Maybe it's not getting attention because nobody cares. You know, what's interesting to me is the New Orleans Saints, they clinched the NFC South division, mm-hmm. right? With a differential of plus 50. Yeah. And uh, the next best team in their division, the Carolina Panthers, are 5-6 and six with a point differential of negative 32. So, hey, 5-6, and six, that gets you right in contention in the NFC East. Doesn't it? Oh, man, the <laughs> Cowboys suck, and it makes me so happy. Like, I don't know why. I, have, I haven't started to hate watching the Cowboys until I started teaching in Arlington, mm. a stone's throw away from AT&T Stadium itself, the house that Jerry built, the house that sad Jerry Jones with tears in his eyes, probably Johnny Walker blue tears. I, telling, I don't think those are media, tears. I think that's um, the uh, the byproduct of lots of drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Walker blue leaking from the tears, tear ducts. Yeah. But he, he came out after the, they lose. They looked bad. Dak Prescott didn't look good. This was a bad game. Their special teams looked bad. The Buffalo Bills beat them, right? And uh, Buffalo Bills are good. They're a like good they, they're a good team this year. But Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones came out and with the with Johnny Walker blue tear in his eye, <laughs> told the media that he is sticking with Jason Garrett. And I mean, great, fine. It's your franchise, your money. Do what you want to do. But how many chances is this guy going to get? And the, but that wasn't even like the the that wasn't the most shocking part of the quote. The most shocking part of the quote was. I believe this team has a deep playoff run in it. Like, 
what where are what are you seeing that no one else has seen right like not even the players and coaching staff look jerry jones the owner is probably great the dallas cowboys are a super valuable franchise yeah they probably have like the best amenities of any club their practice facility is awesome yeah they're in a great market here in Dallas with a super loyal fan base all over the world, right? Yeah. They're super marketable, super recognizable. America's team, David. Sure. But you know what they aren't? It's good, good at football. Good. So <laughs> I think Jerry Jones needs to step down as the GM, right? He needs to step down. And he needs to stop making football decisions. Keep making all the business decisions. Fine. Obviously, the business side of the Dallas Cowboys is doing great. But... The football side is not doing great. It hasn't been great for so over So do they not have years. like an official GM? He is the GM. He is. I'm sure he has an assistant GM, but you tell Jerry Jones to do something different than what he wants to do. Yeah. Well, whether he stays and, and, and continues calling the shots or he puts someone else in place, either, either way, Jason Garrett has to go. Like, he's had, he's had control of the Dallas Cowboys. What's it been? Eight seasons? Nine it feels seasons, like forever. A decade? He, he had a couple of Romo years. Like the really he had good some Romo, Romo years? Yeah, the really good Romo years before Romo got hurt. He had that. They couldn't make a playoff run there. But Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing that you see out of the team that kind of like gives you confidence moving to the future, right? Yeah. Like, you've got your quarterback and your running back. Do, have they ex- extended Prescott? I don't think they have. Not yet. Amari Cooper's on that team. Yeah, you've got decent pieces. You I know their line thing. isn't as good as it was a few years ago. That but, was an epic offensive line. Um, but of but, course, they didn't hang on to that. Right. They couldn't do anything when they had that in place. So, I don't know. I, the Cowboys seem like a mess, and I don't. I'm not a Cowboy fan. I'm not a. I'm not a. I don't hate the Cowboys at all. Um, but I said to you, you disagree with the statement. But I said the the Cowboys fans deserve a better team. Nah. And, but I just think, like, when you have the resources, the location, like, all the things going for the Cowboys, and you can't... It's like the Knicks. If It's starting to feel like the Knicks, Ooh, right? that's a really good comparison. Um, they're not as bad as the Knicks. I mean, just, like, historically, the Knicks are just so bad. They haven't won anything since the 70s. The last two seasons? The last two seasons, the New England Patriots have won more games than the New York Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> the Knicks play 82 games a season. And the Patriots, with the playoffs, play 20. Because they always play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, imagine imagine if the Yankees, you know, performed like the Knicks or the, or the Cowboys, right? Uh, the fan base is, I don't know. I don't know what the fan base would do. I think, like, I follow some Knicks fans on Twitter, and they're just like, they've been depressed for decades, right? And it's just yeah. like, oh, it's the Knicks. Like, they've just come to accept... Um, the poor performance of their team got a kind of got a Cubs vibe a little bit. Yeah, and and no. and we're we're getting really far removed from the '90s Cowboys, right? That were always in contention for the Super Bowl, right, but we're still holding that era up. Like yeah. this is a great franchise. It's like, well, it was great a long time ago. Aikman and Sanders and Irvin and Emmett, they're always still on TV, so they're always in your face, and so it's you know until they actually can win again, like. It's like the 81 or the 88 Dodgers for me. Like Kirk, They're always going to show the Kirk Gibson highlight because that's the highlight, right? Until there's a new highlight, that's the highlight. And uh, That happened on my birthday. Did like it? the day I was born. I think that was... That, no, that, that, not Kirk Gibson. No, that was... Well, my birth year, I should say. That yeah. was the year that they won the World Series. So, yeah. You're welcome. The Patriots are probably the worst 10-1 team I've ever seen. 
Like, they actually have a really good uh, differential, 183. It's the second best in the league behind the Ravens by just one one point, one digit, whatever we call it. Uh, we definitely call those points, Anthony. <laughs> we, just, we just railed against this for, like, four minutes in one breath. <laughs> uh, but they, like, they inspire no confidence. When I watch him play, like, Tom Brady doesn't look like Tom Brady. Um, that being said, like, they're, they're in position – for another bye going into the postseason. I mean, if they win half of their remaining games, they'll get a bye. Um, so playoffs are starting to take shape. We're 11 games in. Week 13, kind of crazy. Football season goes by so fast, it feels like. Yeah, it does. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Anything else football? I feel good. I yeah, feel good. I feel good about that conversation. Good good yeah. football talk. Good football talk. Um, Sucks to be the Rams and the Cardinals right now. Oh, the Rams. Yeah, it's like, it feels like their title window's like gone already. And, right. and and they can't do anything about it now because they've invested so much money into five players. Right? Yeah. Well, Goff and uh, Aaron Donald especially. Goff, Aaron Donald I see putting that much money into because even if he's not yeah. putting up the production, he's demanding so much attention. But, yeah. but, but you paid Gurley as well, who's right. going to be, you know, injured the rest of his career. Right. This just... I don't feel like a, a quarterback deserves a huge contract until they've proven themselves over several yeah. seasons and on bad teams, right? Like Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson. Yeah, he's, he's earned it, Yeah, right? And he gets the big money now, and he's earned it. But these teams are so so willing to pull the trigger early on these young quarterbacks who show some brilliance when it's just really the quarterback in the system, right? Like Matt Ryan last night playing against the Saints. He looked really bad, mm-hmm. right? And throwing really bad interceptions and things like that. He also got beat up. Oh, that stiff arm to his face. Well, there was that, and then there was the the one tackle where he fumbled it. Yeah. He got hit. He got sandwiched. Well, he he looked lost at times, yeah. right? Well, who's he missing? He was missing his his offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, who's now making Jimmy Garoppolo look like the Matt Ryan of old, right? And he he didn't have Julio Jones yesterday. And Julio Jones is such a good wide receiver that he literally makes the quarterback better. Mm. We usually think of quarterbacks making teams better, making receivers better. Yeah. But guys like Julio Jones, Oda Beckham Jr. Uh, A.J. Green, he did it with Andy Dalton. I think without A.J. Green, Andy Dalton would have been out of the starter position a long time ago. Well, Matt Ryan has that in Julio Jones. And so Julio Jones goes out of the game, and Matt Ryan puts up a stinker, right? So I've been saying it for a long time that Matt Ryan relies on a lot of factors besides his own play uh, to be good. So anyway, don't give these big, giant contracts, these quarterbacks, unless they're these once or twice in generation talents like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and those guys, right? Those guys deserve those big contracts because they've proven that they can do amazing things to help their teams be good. They yeah. can make bad teams good, and they make good teams great. Right? Jared Goff is not making a average team good. He's making a good team worse. And he does not deserve that big contract. And I, they're saddled with it now. They're stuck with it. They're not going to be good for a while because of that contract. Yeah. All right, so, well, moving into basketball, we're getting close to the time where you can tell if teams are good or not. Christmas, it's, you know, by the end of December, you kind of have a feel for it. Um, my team, the Lakers, have been on a roll. They're currently at 16-2, and two, and uh, for a LeBron James team, that's not common. Typically, no, his, his teams kind of go, you know, 500 for the first month, month and a half. Um, and then they go on some like crazy winning streak. And so they've done it early and, and it's good because their strength of schedule has been in like the middle. Like it started the, the first set of games were against pretty good teams, but since then it's been the mediocre to bottom tier teams. 
December is going to be a huge test for them. In December, they play Dallas once, Denver twice. They're at Utah, at Portland, which is always a difficult matchup, even if Portland has a, a bad record this year. At Miami, at Milwaukee, and then against the Clippers, and then at Portland again, at Dallas or against Dallas again. So it's a it's not an easy lineup in December. I think December will be really telling for this group. But they're really gelling right now. LeBron's the MVP of the league, in my opinion. Luka is a close second. I got to see Luka play live. Not only did you get to see him play live, you got to see him put on a legendary performance. Yeah, he had something like 30 points in the first quarter. It was. He outscored, out-rebounded, and out-assisted the Warriors in the first quarter. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was pretty amazing to see. And it's, it's weird. Maybe it would have been a different experience watching on TV. But watching him live, it was like... Oh, I, like you just don't realize. You, I mean, you're cheering for him often when he's scoring and making a pass, but you just you don't realize. You look up because you don't have like the stats in front of you. Like I'm not looking at my phone. I'm just like watching the game and taking it all in. And all of a sudden, I look up like they have kind of a box score off to the side. I look at him like, oh my goodness, like he's done all that. It's yeah. just like crazy. And it, and he looked like a varsity player playing against the JV team. Like. And it wasn't because, like, he was super athletic or anything like that. Like, athletically, he maybe was, like, on the lower end of, like, of, among the the players on the, the floor. But he just, like, kind of wiggles his way through. And he's super smooth. And he's got an awesome shot and a great step back and uh, good court vision and handling. I mean, he's, if you're starting a team with someone under, <laughs> under 25, like, I don't know if you look many other places. Um, defensively, he could improve, but like he makes up for so much of it offensively that I don't know. It's kind of like it's like Harden, but but different. Like because he's getting his. It's like it doesn't. It's beautiful to watch, right? Mm, yeah. And it doesn't take you out of the game. It doesn't slow the game down. He's not pounding the rock for 15 seconds at the shot clock. No, he's not fishing for fouls. It's just a. He's, he's just really fun to watch and. I'm like kind of excited that I live in Dallas because once the LeBron Anthony Davis Lakers are no longer relevant, because that's gonna come, it's it happens, you know. At least I'll have a, a team that I can pull for that uh, that's exciting. I love Luca. Yeah, I. And if Kristaps regains anything of his former self, he's still trying to get back, you know. But if he if he can regain anything that he had in New York, um, they'll be dangerous. So, fun team. Um, you know, Clippers still look good. They're they're leaning on that load management pretty heavily, but it's working. Yeah. I mean, they're they're winning games even when Kawhi's out. Um, so they they look scary to me. Denver kind of righted the ship after early uh, losses, and um, yeah, every, everything's kind of shaking out how you kind of assumed it would at the beginning of the season. I think uh, Kemba Walker uh, playing for the Celtics. I think he's doing for the team what they hoped Kyrie would, which is yeah. elevate everyone around him. But yeah. Kyrie didn't seem to do that that much. All sorts of drama there. If you if you if you like NBA drama and stuff like that, which a lot of people do, a lot of people love the league because it is so full of drama. Which you know, I'm, whatever. I, I think it's interesting, but like it's not going to draw me to certain teams or certain yeah. players. But the Kyrie Boston Celtics drama over the last week or two has been interesting. So if you're interested in that, go for it. Check that out. But Kemba Walker's playing really great, but he suffered a neck injury recently, right? Mm-hmm. So he makes everyone around him better, and to see him in a in a good system with a good team and a good coach has been really exciting for me because I've liked Kemba Walker for a long time. He just feels like he's been like carrying dead weight around him a lot. So uh, hopefully Kemba can get healthy again. The Celtics are going to be good behind his play. 
The Heat are still surprising people and still playing well. Uh, but, you know, other than that, the East isn't that exciting to yeah. me. Yeah, Pasco Siakam, like, I didn't know he was this good. And I don't know if even it was last year, like last even year after last year, like last year in the playoffs, it's like, oh wow, he got fi- he caught fire was what I thought, right? And and you can do that when teams are focusing on Kawhi Leonard, yeah. right? But he's now the focal point of their offense, and he's great defensively, and he's, he's super young. And I didn't I didn't know that. I mean, one is that they're in Toronto, right? How much Toronto basketball am I watching? Very little. Um, but yeah, he, he's exciting. Um, it was I, I saw an interview that Rachel Nichols did with uh, Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. and he was talking about roster construction, uh, and it's interesting to, to listen to a talk about it. And he said one of the things he thinks why the last year's teams failed was because there were uh, five six guys who thought they were the alpha. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so if I if I were to like rebuild a roster or this roster, he's like I would only I would do it with one or two guys who know they're the alpha, and everyone else defers to them, right? Um, and, he, and he actually cited the Lakers, which like kind of blew my mind that he would give any credit to the Lakers just because of the, the Boston-LA rivalry, right? right? Um, and he's like, yeah, you look at like the Lakers, there's clearly two guys at the top, and everyone else is like supporting cast, right? And uh, so just interesting, right, to think about roster construction in that way. We're, we often think, like, I want the best – players but there's a lot more to it than just talent that goes into it right and like the warriors had that for a little while but it all fell apart pretty quickly after a couple of injuries right yeah so even uh even the uh lebron james uh miami heat years Dwayne wade welcomed his friends to the to play with him right Mm -hmm. and deferred to lebron he kind of handed the keys over and said okay lebron this is your team right right which is really i mean it doesn't sound like that big of a deal to us now because like oh look at all the success that they had but I mean, you don't understand like what these guys give up and how much work they put into and how good they are at what they do. They're the top 1% of the top 1%. And of they've the top always 1%. been the best person on their team. Yes, they've always. always been. Especially Dwayne Wade, right? Like He yeah. carried Shaq to a title. Right. How many guys can say that? How many guys can say, I carried Shaq to yeah. a title, right? And he did. People forget how good Dwayne Wade was during that title run, right? But then he brings in this other guy and defers, gives the keys to the kingdom to LeBron James, right? That's not easy to do. And then... Now in uh, LA, you have LeBron and AD who are very complementary. They're very complementary skill sets, right? And mm-hmm. so they work really well together. They're the two alphas, and then Kyle Kuzma can happily be the sidekick, right? Very happy to be Bucky Barnes, <laughs> right? Not everyone's happy to be Bucky Barnes. Uh, yeah. All right. Next month, basketball will be telling. Um, should we transition away from sports because we've got almost 15 minutes on sports? That's a lot of sports, and that's a lot of sports in a row. Real quick, baseball! Congratulations, yeah. Cody Bellinger, on your first of many MVPs. You deserved it. Super excited for sure. I hope you win it. I I hope he would win it. That was a well constructed sentence. I haven't I haven't like been in school for a week now. Thanksgiving break is great, man. <laughs> it's so good. I think it's the best adult holiday. Um, because once you're through with the actual day of Thanksgiving and like meal prep and cleanup and all that, it's just like a nice relaxing weekend. Super chill. We were talking about Christmas and it's like Christmas, you gotta buy the stuff. You gotta build the stuff. Gotta wrap the stuff. You gotta wrap the stuff. You gotta decorate the stuff. Open the stuff. You gotta build the stuff. And then you have a Thanksgiving type meal wrapped in there somewhere. Sometimes two if you do a Christmas Eve and a Christmas thing. Then you feel obligated to play with all the toys that people got you the day of Christmas, right? Like, you can't, like, 
If your wife buys you something nice, you can't just be like, oh, this is great. I'm going to go take a nap. Because right now, <laughs> sleep feels better than playing with this gift you got me. Also, you can't do that. Also, I, this is always a problem. All of a sudden, you have like 10 new things, but you didn't get 10 new places to put them. <laughs> so true. Well, I feel like that's more of a problem for me right now than you. But yeah, yeah. So we... Uh, it can be it can be a little more stressful, right? Especially because afterwards it's a lot of stuff to do, and then you have like New Year's coming up, and like, do we want to plan something for New Year's and stuff like that? So yeah, but Thanksgiving is super chill, man. Like I feel like we both woke up this morning, just kind of stumbled our way out of bed, and just like, hey, yeah, and everyone's like in a food coma from the day before. Yeah, the kids are just playing and chilling. Like our kids have just hung out, and baby, basically babysat themselves for the last day and a half. It's been nice. <laughs> no injuries. No, no. I that we know of yeah maybe emotional i don't know i don't pay attention to those (laughs) um you know what i had trouble paying attention to or at least following yep spoilers alert by the way spoilers incoming frozen 2 i saw frozen 2 with my family you saw frozen 2 with your family yep um usually disney movies i feel like even if things go you know, unexplained because of soft magic or whatever. It's like, yeah, it just happened because it happened and because love or whatever, right? Um, True love's kiss. Like, usually there's enough of a coherent story there to, like, let it slide. Let the things that go unexplained slide. Yeah, it's easy to let it go. <laughs> this movie, um, it was awesome. it was fun. Like, I had a fun time. The songs were good. Not as good as the first, but they rarely are. Stephanie? Um, Samantha. Oh, I messed it up. (laughs) Olaf was definitely the MVP of the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, MVS. What that? Most Valuable Snowman. Oh, okay. (laughs) I did like his, like, like, his turn to, like, philosophy, right? Right, And it's like, he's he's reflecting on his own existence. We call this controlling what we can (laughs) when things are in chaos. (laughs) Um, But there were several plot points that were just, like, what? Why is this happening? What? Okay, so the mom, she ha- she knew she was going to have, like, two daughters? Like, what? Wait, did she rescue the dad? Okay, she did, but she didn't tell him she was the person who rescued him because apparently he still didn't know. Uh, so, wait, she's the fifth spirit or is she and Anna the fifth spirit together? Because there's some kind of bridge, a bridge to what? Memories of the past? So huh? if, she, if the mom was the fifth spirit, when she died, did she have to then make Elsa and Anna become the fifth spirit in some way? Does Anna have powers of some kind? Why is she special? Wait, she's not? Elsa got all the special <laughs> stuff? How come Anna's not special? Why was there a mist? Why did the, why did the mist like, trap the people in the city? That's because the enchanted forest spirits were angry <laughs> at the fighting. Right. So let's keep them together forever? Yeah. And let them fight forever? Apparently. Mm-hmm. Also, the dam. I I would love, maybe Anna's magic power is reading the script. Like, maybe <laughs> maybe she knew. She can see 30 seconds ahead. Right? My, or, like, 30 minutes ahead. Right? Because Elsa freezes, which of, I thought was impossible, right? Like, because she's Ice Queen herself, right? right? Yeah. So she has icy powers, and then she freezes. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. First of all, like, do something different. Aquaman cannot drown. Thank you. Right? Uh, so then, Anna sends her, like, two statues of people fighting, right? The grandpa, her grandpa going to kill the, yeah. the innocent chief guy or whatever. And 
All of a sudden, Anna's like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do now. I need to go and I need to destroy the bridge. And when I do that, it'll save Elsa because Elsa's in trouble. And I can tell she's in trouble because I got these statues. And it's like, wow, you are a brilliant person. So maybe she is magical because she, like, deduced all. I'm sure, like, Sherlock Holmes is in there, like, Hercule Perrault is in there going, ah, oh, yes, brilliant. Because, like, that was some brilliant deduction that I did not. Anyway, so she, of course, pieces the entire mystery of the movie together mm-hmm. in two seconds from right. seeing two statues and does all that, right? And uh, anyway, th- that I didn't, I thought that was a little, a little, I'm talking about a stretch in a movie, but it just seemed like you could have explained things a little bit better, mm-hmm. right? Everything felt rushed. Yeah. It was like, let's throw this together real fast. And we, we recognize this is a movie for kids. It's and not it for, checks, yeah. it checks most, if not all of the boxes that the kids care about. What did it miss? I'm just, I'm, I maybe, I don't know. I think, I think it I think most kids were probably super satisfied with You're it. just hedging? I'm hedging. Okay. Um... But typical lawyer, I can't say lawyer. But lawyer, movie makers know that parents go to this, right? And it's parents that buy the stuff afterwards. And so, like, just think more about the parents and, like, as a parent watching this, like, what if I'm an adult? Like, am I satisfied watching this movie, or do I just like? I even read. I saw like there's articles online about like trying to understand the movie, right? And I can't wait for the director commentary, David. I'm going to dive right into that. You are not the demographic for Disney Princess, bro. <laughs> like, there is an insatiable appetite. Yeah. These preteen hormones need Disney Princess. Okay? These, these little girls are addicted to Disney Princess. Star Wars does not... Star Wars does not make as much money as Disney Princess. It is the most valuable franchise in the world. Mm. And they are... Feeding that beast exactly what that beast wants. It's Let It Go 2.0. It's uh, In Summer 2.0. And it's everything that these little girls want in these shows, right? A lot of a lot of uh, woman empowerment in these movies, which is great, and I love it. Yeah. But at one point, the husband was sent out of the room so that the mom could connect with the daughters. You remember that part? It's like, okay, say goodbye to daddy now. Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to talk about real things now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is neat. Like, I'm all about the women empowerment stuff, but let's not do it at the expense of um, a father figure, right? Because we need father, fathers and mothers. We need them both. Yeah. Right? Anyway. Um, well, I'm glad you brought up Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Today's yeah. a Friday, yeah. which got my means tickets. there's a new... Oh, yeah. Okay. So we got the Rise of Skywalker coming in a few weeks. But before then, we get to wet our... Star Wars appetite with more The Mandalorian. So good. So if you haven't seen The Mandalorian Ugh. and you're planning to, you may want to stop listening right now. Yeah. Uh, I have loved the first three episodes of this series. So it's good. unlike anything Star Wars has done, a live action series before. And um, I'm, I'm just excited for where this might go and for other, uh, you know, we got the Obi-Wan series, right? So the director of the third episode of The Mandalorian, she is helming the 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 obi-wan series which is awesome because the third episode had just about everything you can want in it there were dramatic tense moments uh there was good acting there were really good action scenes um it was thrilling there were some tearjerkers there were there were tearjerkers there were surprises it was awesome i mean this you watch it and you think it did not feel like a 37 minute episode to me it felt much longer because i can't believe how much they got through and how much you know, it, it was just really good. Right. It, those These 30-minute episodes of Mandalorian take you through an entire a story cycle, basically, yeah. right? So you feel satisfied at the end of every one, but they leave uh, a cliffhanger at the end 
that leads the main story along. So all the minor, they, they build minor tensions and minor conflicts into each episode that yeah. are resolved, but the major conflicts continue. Yeah. It's really well done. And what's really cool is like over the first three episodes, it, it feels like a, an arc in itself, yes. right? Like the first three episodes feel like uh, a story. Like if you were, if this were a movie, like that, the end of that could have been the end of movie one, right? In a trilogy or something, right? And, um, yeah, this the the interesting characters we meet along the way. You don't ever see the face of the Mandalorian. You, you feel his emotions through the acting and through the directing and I've how it's cut. Le- I've learned recently because of the internet that they call that mask work. Mask work. Because okay. there are things you do with like the timing of your gestures, and it's like it really. I guess it's really really difficult to get these emotions out. So mm-hmm. the guy that's doing it, the Pedro Pascal, have, is his name yeah, right? the way he's doing it is like there's real talent behind it right it's not just the music and the editing and the cutting and stuff like that so i, I learned that recently that huh. people ways you hold your body maybe all sorts or like of stuff. turn your head this way or the, yeah the slightest movements right and uh and they'll throw in some like breathing and, and he has he says stuff every once in a while there's not a whole lot of dialogue in this show to be honest i could but it's but it's great i could watch the mandalorian walking the baby yoda carriage through a <laughs> desert for 45 minutes i could and i would love it just like every once in a while, he would stop and look around, and I would think something's about to happen, and then he'd keep on like, "Oh my gosh, that was so intense!" And they keep going. Oh, um, such and, a good show, dude. And I like that this is a you know a, a a piece of Star Wars that hasn't been thoroughly explored yet, right? It's, and it's such an interesting part of Star Wars, yeah. right? This whole like under like bounty hunting and things like that. Boba Fett was a huge sensation, and George Lucas. Uh, has done this twice, where he killed he killed a, a character that just everyone loved. Like Darth Maul had like ten minutes under the sun. Super cool fight, one of the coolest fight scenes we've ever seen. He gets cut in half by the dumbest move ever. Like Disney's like, let's correct that a lot. <laughs> so and then what happens? He gets cut in half, but he comes back in all these series and stuff. He comes back in the solo movie, whatever. So kind of, but then Boba Fett, the same kind of thing. But this is a part of the Star Wars universe that is super interesting because. You're in this super futuristic society with all this futuristic technology, all this stuff, but there's always going to be a seedy underside. There's always yeah. going to be a criminal element, right? And a lot of people don't understand that about Star Wars, is that they feel like the, the dark side, uh, uh, it would be out of balance if the Jedi got too strong. But the Jedi are there to counteract all these bad things that just naturally happen in the galaxy, right? Criminal syndicates and like all the stuff you see in Solo with like the bad people, the gangsters running things, all that type of stuff. People mm-hmm. enslaving children. That's dark side stuff is happening all the time. And yeah, the Jedi and, are there to correct that. And, and so when the Sith gain up and yeah. grow up in power, that is throwing it out of balance. And so when the Sith don't exist, that's when there's balance in the Force. And you see that a lot if you read comics or you watch the like Clone Wars or the other animated series is that the Jedi are often fighting non-Siths, right? Yep. Non-Force users, right? And so um, and that's what they do a lot of the time. It's when the movies is when you get like someone you know it's, that's heavily using the dark side right uh and so if you're just a movie watcher you maybe you don't you don't yeah it doesn't dawn on you that there's time in between these movies and the jedi are, are still doing things and people uh you know it's it's like any other world there's still bad people and good people and um i yeah i, I really like this this representation of, of the this the star wars world and i kind of came into it thinking oh it would be like a cool like episode by episode there's a new bounty right and like that would have been an easy thing to do and i didn't think they would have forced users because 
like who are going to be the force users in this right all the jedi at this point are pretty much gone um luke's doing something somewhere right mm-hmm. because this this takes place after after return of the return jedi, of the jedi like, right i think i saw somewhere eight to ten years after yeah so like jedi. luke's doing stuff you know but this is like somewhere like what do they say like far reaches or the outer rim or some, yeah. something it, whatever wherever so it is far away from coruscant the yeah. core of the galaxy that like it's pretty lawless it's like the wild west yeah it's the wild west of star wars and so you wouldn't think there would be many forces but then all of a sudden the the main bouncy of the first episode is a baby from the yoda species um and we don't know much about this baby yet i think they refer to it as a he the doctor, the sir, the doctor, oh. the imperial scientist, or yeah. whatever. If it wasn't for me, he'd be dead. Or yeah, I, I protected yeah. Him so or whether or not that was meant to actually indicate the gender or just an easy way to refer to the baby, I don't know. But let's assuming it's a he. That's basically how we would know about it. We don't know parentage. Yeah, we know it's fifty years old. And yeah, well, is, we yeah, at least that's what we're told. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's got force power, uh, but a lot. A lot, a lot of force power and intuitively knows how to use it. Yes. Well, one of the cutest things in TV, cinema, film, anything is when Baby Yoda climbs his way out of the little carriage, which is like a little like you know how Yoda like floats around in the episode three and his little thing. It's <laughs> yeah. just like that. So I'm like, oh, cool connection. Anyway, uh, thank you, Favreau, for that. And then he uh, he climbs out of his little carriage and like uses his little three fingered hand to like walk <laughs> over and try to kill the Mandalorian's yeah. cut. And the Mandalorian keeps like putting him back in his crib, like <laughs> stop it, like stop getting out. Uh. They did such a good job with that character. Right, that little baby Yoda. Yeah, it's a puppet. I love a puppet, Anthony. If that puppet came to live with me, I would say, "You had a kid. Someone's gonna have to leave because we only have room for one of you in this house. Either the baby Yoda stays, right? It's one. One of you's got to go. Yeah. Who would you pick to go? Which one of your kids would you kick out for baby Yoda? Tell me right now. You have five seconds to tell me which of your children you would kick out of your house so that baby Yoda could live with you. Go. Three, two. One. You mouthed Michael, which is weird. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. Look, I know he could take care of himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had, I, had a, I had a Mikey snack moment. And a Mikey snack moment during Thanksgiving dinner, okay? Mikey snack, he is one of my favorite people to just talk to and just observe. He is such a funny person. So he was, uh, we, we had just finished saying prayer. It was a very nice prayer. We were starting to get our food and stuff, getting plates together and everything. Michael walks by the deviled eggs. Grabs one and puts it in his mouth. And just keeps walking like without stopping at all, like without slowing down, like Jason Bourne getting into a moving car. And then he's I'm like, "Oh, hey, Michael, do you want a plate?" He looks at me like super confused, like, "No," and just keeps walking, eating his deviled egg. It was so funny as he's licking it off his hands. Right. <laughs> he's so funny. Yeah. So Star Wars, huh? Oh, the new Star Wars video game that came out. Mm-hmm. I played through it and I beat it. That's what you can do when you have days off of work. <laughs> but it's a canon Star Wars story. Yeah. And so I was into it for a lot of reasons. The game was just fantastic by itself. Like, if there was no story elements to it, it was just the game, I would love it. Uh-huh. But uh, the story elements behind it are super good. Like, there's like an hour worth, uh, I think so it's an hour and 20 so minutes worth like of So you feel like the story itself actually, like, is a good story. Yes. It adds to any Star Wars fans, like... Any Star Wars fan would appreciate the story. Yes. Do you think it helps understand any of the existing canon, or like, does it? Are there revelations in there? They're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, or like that. I didn't realize that, but I can see how that would work. I think or, a little bit. Like, there's right. an element of like, well, what if 
uh, if you're way into Star Wars, you will super appreciate little nuances they have in the game. Okay. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, you'll enjoy the game enough by itself. The gameplay right? itself is good. Yes, and the story is good enough on its own. But okay. as a larger part, uh, as a smaller part of the larger Star Wars story, it's really interesting because there's something, especially at the end, that happens that makes you go, "Oh, it makes sense why this thing never took place because of what happens in this game and this." kind of thought process that this main character has regarding this thing okay and being very cryptic because i know you might want to pick up the game and play it yeah but uh i love and and my my only understanding just from reading a little bit about the game is that it's a guy a person who was in jedi training um and then when the jedi order fell he somehow escaped and i don't know i don't know if he's like on a mission to avenge the jedi or just on on, on the run or whatever it doesn't matter i'll, I'll learn when i play but um, I'm really intrigued by the idea of people who use the force can use a lightsaber, um, but they are not. They're neither Jith, Jedi nor Sith. They're non-Jith, um, and you have that like Ahsoka, right? Who went away from the Jedi Order, yeah. right? And her and, lightsabers became like silver, like yeah. white, almost like non. I'm not going to be a color. Yeah. And even Kylo, who's not a Sith, like he definitely taps into the dark side of the Force, but he's not Sith. And and Rey, who's not Jedi. I mean, she has some training from Luke, but there's no Jedi Order at least right, right, right now, right? And so I just th- I think uh, that's cool and would be a cool area to explore Force users who have no affiliation, right? They just they use the Force as they feel appropriate, right? And that. A lot of interesting stuff going on there, right? Okay. And like uh, uh, the idea of a Sith, though, like we're going to get pretty deep in here, right? So the Sith are a race of people that are basically extinct in Star Wars now. But from the Sith rose up the first group of uh, one of the first group of, of Dark Force users that did it all together, right? Dark Jedi, Dark mm-hmm. Force users, right? Uh, but on their planet, they built like Jedi temples, but for the dark side and stuff like that. But then the uh, a couple of Dark Force users got together as Sith and called them start, started calling themselves Sith but there are other dark force users out there you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so Emperor Palpatine Darth Vader those are Sith right right because they're Darth they're, Maul Darth Sith. Maul is a Sith because it's that it's that small group of dark force users that are master and apprentice mm-hmm. that are real Sith right so if you say a Sith Lord like that carries a lot of weight in the movies at least it, it, as you're watching it feels like it should carry a lot of weight but it does because there there's a master there's an apprentice and every once in a while, that apprentice takes on an apprentice to try to supplant the master, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this vicious cycle of two or three at a time. And the idea is these two are the actual true Sith, going back to Darth Bane, who kind of reestablished the things that Darth Revan was doing. But anyway, there's a whole whole bunch of stuff. So the idea of a Sith is like a really narrow thing. Like there are uh, in uh, Clone Wars and uh, Star Wars Rebels, there are Sith inqui- there are, uh, inquisitors. Right. So just like Jedi, uh, there's a lot of religious verbiage used to, mm-hmm. about the Jedi, right? A cult or religion, whatever. And uh, so the Inquisitors were made by Darth Vader to hunt down the remaining Jedi, right? To yeah. help him, right? Yeah, that and, was all in the comic series, I read, right? actually, yeah. So the Inquisitors are super interesting, yeah. right? And uh, they, and, they uh, and some of them were like uh, Jedi de- de- uh, rejects or they, they left the Jedi Order at yeah. some point. And some were like were captured and tortured and yeah. turned into Inquisitors, right? They kind of embraced the dark side after that. But... Uh, yeah, but those aren't true Sith. Those are Inquisitors that, that use the dark yeah. side of the Force. But the, the Sith are, at least in the movies, are Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine, Darth Maul, Count Dooku, right? Those are that are directly connected to the, uh, the that chain of command of Master Apprentice, right? So anyway, there are Dark Force users out there in the Star Wars universe that aren't Sith, right? Anyway, just 
interesting little piece of Star Wars trivia to throw in there. But it all ties into what we're talking about with, yeah. uh, with the, the game and stuff. It's a super cool. And video games are getting so good where even the games that aren't uh, super popular have really amazing stories. Yeah. Right? It's really great. And it's really fun to be a part of that. And I can only afford like one or two new video games a year. So I'm like really judicious, mm-hmm. right? But as soon as I saw that they were making this type of game, I was like, I, I knew I was going to get it, right? Anyway, I think you'll That's enjoy cool. it. It's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it. And any, uh, any, anytime someone, something is Star Wars canon, you have to at least check it out, right? Yeah. Whether it's a video game or if they say this is Star Wars canon, because it'll, it'll this, impact the story. And this is the first Star Wars video game since Disney took over, right? Like, actually, that they've developed. They, they, they would have been involved in the development of. Right. I, I don't know if Battlefront 2, the game that's come out recently. Okay, well, that, that that's true. But that's really just like battlefield with different skins right it really is it, do, it does feel that way yeah the the story there is canon as well and it's really yeah. good it's a really good story there too it ties into the movies from uh it, it's a really cool tie from uh return of the jedi all the way to um episode seven like there are cool connections there so if you if you really love star wars and uh and you like video games or you have access to these video games playing these games for the story alone i think is cool uh because you get a lot of cool things and you can turn down the settings of the game to where it's super easy so you can just so you like just get the story. Yeah, and you just march your way it. through. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, your boy didn't do that. Your, <laughs> your boy put it on the second to hardest setting and like went through it like a man. <laughs> it's a fun game, dude. Awesome. All right. Well, um, so I think we got a regular show next week, and then the week after I'm in the uh, Seattle area. Cool. And then after that, I'll be in Nevada, I think. All right. So you may not hear from us much over uh, December. We'll right. see. We'll try and we'll try and give you a show when we can. Take a break, avid listener. Um, all right. Good show. I think we should. Uh, well, your wife suggested kicking the kids outside to play in the rain while we watch The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Let's do that. What, let's check the temperature real quick just to see how good yeah, of a... Yeah, because that's my major concern. Right. Let's see how good of a, of a mom your wife is. It's 51 degrees. Okay. Chances of thunderstorm and rain. Good. And so we're just going to kick them out. Tomorrow's going to be 70. You're looking at where you live. Well, it's like basically the same place. Yeah, but I think... Wait, where do you live? What's it called? Uh, Louisville. Louisville. Great. Now I'm going to get stalkers. Louisville, Texas. All right. Ooh. uh, Okay. Much higher chance of... See, on mine, I've got multiple thunderclouds over the next few hours. Apparently... Oh, there it is. Apparently for mine, time started a little bit ago. There it is. Cool. Well, I'm glad the listeners got the weather update. That's going to be, you know, four days, oh, a they, week, they a stopped, month old by the time they listen in. They stopped listen. listening when I said, here's the thing about Star Wars and the Sith. <laughs> they stopped listening when I This has been a two-person that. conversation for well over a half hour. Who cares, man? You know what? You know what I realized? I, I care about our listeners, and I really want to make, like, a good show for them. Like, they're investing an hour of their time. Just listen to us talk about what, things that are important to us or things that we think are interesting, right? So... With exception to our moms, who just are listening for me, mm. we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah. So like, if we're enjoying what we're talking about, that's really what's important to me here, right? Because I yeah. think that com- they enjoy it, right? And if you're not listening for the Star Wars takes, you're listening yeah. for the wrong reasons. And I do it so that you have someone to talk to for an hour each week. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Right. Cool. Friends are good, David. Cool. 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 Uh, overrated. <laughs>